0: Hi everyone, it's Roger here from What's on Disney Plus podcast. We're doing a special episode this week where I'm joined by Josh, who um, also helps write for the website and is also one of the mods of our Facebook group, because we wanted to talk about some of the legacy content that's not available on Disney Plus. We did um, an episode um, I think earlier this year about this situation, and obviously we want to kind of touch base. There's been a lot of talk, especially over social media, of some of the things that haven't been added yet and why they haven't been added and we kind of wanted to jump into all of that. So um, Josh, I just want to say a big thank you for kind of um, so really sort of prompting me to kind of set this one up. So how have you been? What's, what's kind of the whole situation going on right now that you wanted to kind of talk about?
1: Oh, well, I've been great. Thank you, Roger. And I do love the site and so appreciate you uh, and James and, and the team, you know, always uh, giving us such great perspective on what's coming out on Disney+. Plus. I think some people think that there's little, and there is, there has been, we know a good bit, you know, in terms of new things, in terms of, especially right now with Mandalorian and the right stuff. Mm-hmm. It's an exciting time. But I think these issues of uh, the legacy content, whether it's ABC, Muppets, uh, 20th century studios, other things that Disney owns, we're not seeing a whole lot of them come out. It's been about six or seven months since we've talked. I think it was, might've even been pre Covid uh, pandemic, yeah. uh, you know, when we when we had a conversation <laughs> about it all, so the world has changed a lot, and uh, you know, Disney has given us more than we expected. I think at that point, six or seven months ago, I mean, we got Hamilton, we've gotten mm-hmm. a number of things, but uh, you know, I we we do want to keep these these legacy titles front and center, especially mm-hmm. here in uh, with the quarterly call coming up November twelfth and the you know Investors Day December tenth. Those are opportunities for these to be elevated, and I know we'll we'll get further into that.
0: Yeah, um, so we're going to start off. One of the things that we, we were going to um, do is we're going to do um, um, some polls and stuff through Facebook probably, um, we'll also probably do it on Twitter. And we might, we, I might even do one on YouTube. We'll just kind of get a few different feeds of see what people like Of some of the shows which you guys want the most. Uh, we get lots of requests of what people want. And if you haven't done so, and there's a show that you like, make sure you go into the request option within the Disney Plus Help and put in the official request because that's always important as well. But I just wanted to run through some of the most requested ones. That, um, and these are going to be in the poll. So we're going to have Modern Family, uh, Home Improvement, Malcolm in the Middle, Firefly and Aladdin the series, which was the animated one. And I know you've got some other ones that you wanted to mention.
1: Yeah, Roger, I would. Just, we're also going to have Zorro, the classic Disney adventure series. Uh, the Muppet Show, you know, the the hit Jen Henson, Henson series that ran for five seasons. I think one that uh, is one that people love. Five Mile Creek is an early Disney Channel show, an ensemble drama uh, set in in Australia. Really a fascinating show. Lincoln Heights is from uh, executive producer Kevin Hooks, who we know from The Color of Friendship. A uh, really great freeform uh, family drama. And then also Galavant, uh, you know, a musical comedy that has the songs of Alan Minkin. So definitely a very core uh, Disney one there. So yeah, I think we we both recognize that sort of TV, it seems, you know, what we call binge worthy TV, I think is sort of one of the biggest weaknesses of Disney Plus perhaps. And so I, I'm excited to see this kind of, um, you know, uh, this pull and, and get some energy going around these these titles.
0: Yeah, there's quite a few things. Definitely noticing, obviously with, when I do the weekly trending chart on the Sunday mornings, you know, if just you know things like the simpsons just dominating and very very little moving around and tv series i think are gonna um sort of be a major factor going into it. so we've got um we've got seven kind of major questions that kind of want to run through and we're going to have a discussion on each one so the first question is is there actually anything good still locked away in the vote and obviously we've we've listed those 10 shows that we do think there is but there's actually there's still a lot more left to, to
1: come though isn't there there is, you know, whether it's musicals or Star Wars or, you know, inspirational biopics, uh, action films with broad appeal. All of these things exist in the Disney vault, you know, because it's not just Disney brand things. There's, there's Touchstone, there's Hollywood pictures, things that are PG, things that are family friendly that they produce under different labels. Of course, the 20th Century Studios uh, acquisition has brought in a ton of things as well there's the Muppets, there's other things, you know, through Lucasfilm, the Star Wars content, it's not there. So, you know, that this, the missing Disney list has grown from just 300 titles to now 600, you know, even with sort of 150 titles now on a star and Hulu list. So we recognize yeah. that Disney is doing this, where they're going to put this other, you know, kind of mature content on another, uh, you know, sort of hub, as we we're going to learn more about in the coming uh, months here, weeks. But, uh, you know, we can't, sort of deny these ones that are, that are passed from the 70s, from the 80s, from the 90s. Uh, they just kind of seem to have been forgotten. And it, it, what's interesting is that people, you know, so is there anything actually good? Well, here's the thing. You know, Netflix, just in the past couple of weeks here, they've had five films from 2011, so nine years ago, that have topped their most watched list. So that was Moneyball, that was Real Steel, which by the way is a Disney title. Um, those are all, those were all top here in the, in the U S Netflix. And so people are like, Oh, there's no value in these older titles. That's not really the truth. If you, if you promote them well, if you, you know, get them out to an audience that is interested in them, um, there absolutely is. So, I mean, and, and we all, we both know Roger, of course, with the COVID pandemic that, you know, production was halted for many, many months on things that they had planned to put out. And so, uh, the legacy content, they're going to have to lean into it. And so this conversation is, is an important one, I think for us to have, and for, For for, uh, fans to understand what's out there and and what's missing. Well,
0: actually, that's kind of something I uh, definitely wanted to bring up was the fact of the idea. I think that this COVID is going to have a bit, bit of an issue going on, and I think there's been some problems that were addressed because of COVID. Was because now, at the minute, we're just getting the Mandalorian. We're just about we're getting the right stuff, and we're going to have Wonder Vision. Well, all of those were all filmed back in before. Everything happened back in before around February time, which has now meant that we've now got this massive six month window where nothing was being filmed. We know Falcon and the Winter Soldiers were currently filming. I uh, just found out this morning that um, Diary of a Future President is filming its second season this week. Um, things are moving, but we're going to have that massive six month. And I don't think people maybe have understood that the, if they felt like there wasn't a lot of stuff out before, There's going to be even, we haven't even hit really the drought problem yet. We're going to, um, and I think that is where we're going to see it is sort of after Christmas till next summer, that's when we're going to have this big lull of content because suddenly everything that was supposed to be filmed for then hasn't been. And that's where I think the legacy content, I, I think they hit the pause button, went right, slow it right down, slow it right down we need this stuff for next year or we're going to need this stuff if we can't get filming up and running because they, they were lucky that they've been able to get filming going, you know, and I think that's because it feels like it's been slowing down week on month on month since then. And some of the I mean, November's list which we saw last week was probably one of the lightest months. I know there's going to be a few more surprises they normally like to throw in, but I was looking at that and I know a lot of people were up and I'm thinking there's a reason why they're pulling this back it was because the Mandalorian is enough to keep, to keep the majority of people happy in november it's, it's going to be january february when you know when one division's over and they're going to need and i think the back catalog
1: is going to be a massive thing to help fill that void yeah well you've kind of started to answer a uh, question yeah. too, and i'll ask it to you no. which is what we hear a lot don't you realize that they can't release everything at once you know that's not how streaming services work they have to save titles for the future we hear that all the time yeah i was gonna say because the thing is it's like There's a whole other issue
0: of... And I think, we again, we're going to find out more with this um, upcoming Investors Day in uh, the 10th of December. We're going to find out what's happening with Hulu and um, Disney Plus and also this new streaming service, Star. And I think that will give us much more clarity of what what we could expect in the future of where stuff's going to be going. Because ultimately, they're going to need to siphon some of these shows off to it. Now, whether or not, everything comes under the family banner, of Disney, Marvel, etc., goes to Disney Plus and anything on the other one, but it's been very, very messy. It feels like with TV, that seems to be staying with the star side. It's the movie side which seems to be opening up a little bit more. Um, and there again, if they add if they add all this content to Disney Plus through the back door, either through a tiered service like Star or a Hulu Hub, which we was recently mentioned by Bloomberg, suddenly then that changes everything to me, of like then it opens up. The, yes, you might have to have two subscriptions or a higher tier and a lower tier or whatever, but at five or what was it six ninety nine a month? We can't have everything at that price. I mean, yeah. we just have to be. Everyone has to be a little bit really realistic and going. We're not going to get the entire catalogue of everything for six ninety nine. Now, personally, I would prefer one platform with everything and pay double the price. But some people aren't like that, and Disney have found this sweet spot of having a cheap of having two cheap options, and maybe if they merge them together, they become one big one on par
1: with Netflix. And I think that's where Disney seems to be going. Yeah, I think you're right, and I think we know some of the answer to that question about don't you realize everything can't release at once? We would say, yeah, we realize that, and you know. But I think what we're asking for, really, as you've talked about, is is transparency and communication. You know, we realize Disney's a business. They're gonna have to, you know, do their own thing with, with Star to make money off of these, uh, these services and have maybe Disney and, and Star as separate. But, you know, there's been, it, it, talk about how streaming services are supposed to work. You know, there's not been the transparency that other services have. When you look at Netflix, when you look at Amazon, I mean, the Home Alone films, we know, disappeared right after Christmas, but even then since more recently, as you and James have talked about, Cinderella 2015 just, you know, dropped off the service after being there for two weeks, Rookie of the Year, you know, other uh, number number of 20th century titles, it's, it's the kind of thing where if, if subscribers knew they were leaving, they would have, of course, queued it up, watched it, you know, just as they know every month from Netflix or Amazon, there's a here's what's leaving, here's what's coming list. So, you know, if a title has to leave the service temporarily, then just announce that in advance so that that then, you know, and, then, and when it's perhaps expected to be back, that would be really valuable. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, that's like it comes into an
0: entirely different like problem that's going on with Disney Plus of the transparency of things leaving and when they're going to be coming back. And I do think why they, you know, we can have the little yellow warning telling us when it's coming. Why can't we have one saying when it's expiring if it all, you know, only flags up maybe in the last 30 days? Or, um, I understand not having a leaving section because if you're only having maybe one title every couple of months going, you don't need a whole section to draw attention to it. You know, it's not (laughs) like HBO or or Hulu where we have a massive list of 30 to 40 to 50 movies that are going every month. You know, if we're talking like one movie, I'll be even I'm going, yeah, you don't need a whole section, but you just need that little um, thing there to warn people. You know, something like Cinderella. To do that, to put it on there and make all that fuss and remove it within a few weeks was like, whoa, this is, that's a bit, cheap that's like you've you've got a legal
1: right to put it on there why you know it, that felt a little bit um low yeah but it, i do it, think it, that uh, the, yeah, yeah it diminishes the trust that people have in the service and so you know as that's the ask that we're making here is to say hey announce another list of 100 titles they, they gave us that 100 titles of, of legacy films when at launch they said hey these 100 our on other services, we're going to put them out now over the next few years and those all have dates in the service. Give us another list of 100, whether that's at the quarterly report, probably more likely at the investors day, but I would hope that that is something that is, something that, that, uh, is, is, you know, something that they, they really go for because that's, that's that would show us transparency, it would show us the kind of communication we wanna see.
0: I mean, I've, I think we're at a point with some of the legacy content where I would say the bulk of the mainstream Disney side of things have been covered most of the movies. So there's also some that are missing. Um there's mainly on the TV side. But also there's lots of National Geographic shows, Disney Channel shows that are missing. And I think that is where we have to, you know, there's like you know, there's a thing of yeah you're expecting stuff to be spread out a little bit, but um I think it's going to be the 20th century studios um sort of back catalogue that they're really going to start drip feeding
1: stuff in. Well because that's a massive that's a massive area of family films. Yeah, that is an emphasis they're going to have. And I, I know we'll get a little bit deeper into that as we go along. But, you know, I think, uh, I guess we can go to number three here, if you like. Um, well, before, before we do I yeah. just
0: want to just jump just a little bit back on the other reason of why they're not, why things aren't coming on is these existing contracts. Right. Uh, with HBO Max, we've got Netflix. Netflix has a few. I mean, we've I've recently, like, The Muppets Most Wanted went onto Netflix, but it didn't leave. So it's like, it doesn't look like it's exclusive. That's some of the issues. Some of them, primarily, I'll be honest, seems to be like US, but the, um, like even over here in the UK, for example, you know, you guys got the Greatest Showman back in August. It didn't arrive here, yeah, and but it was on like Channel Four, like literally uh, last night. So they, you know, maybe they had limited access to it. And um, again, it's this kind of weird thing of like, you know. Do we want them to put it in there and just say like this is what the date that's coming? But in other words, it doesn't drive a lot of buzz, you know. I I think this is kind of thing as well. Of like when they load up a movie, so like Ford versus Ferrari is now available on Disney Plus in Australia. Yeah, right. So great if film. you just I haven't seen this one on one of the ones that I want to watch it. But that one there, and like we've had Call of the Wild and also Spies in Disguise. So. Those come up, if you do a search for it, it will bring them up and show them that they're in Disney Plus for you. So you then click on it and says, this is not available in your region. Well, if it would say when you clicked on it, this is the date that it's coming, it would take it away. I don't know, it's just a little bit more transparency. I know the US has got it much worse than over here. You know, all those titles that were that were on Netflix, we had straight away. You know, I know like when I put up the list all the time, especially like Europeans and Australians and stuff like that. Well, we've got half of these movies there's not a lot on the list it's because yeah well you know there is all these different movies that we don't have that issue with. mean like in december you've got wreck it ralph and the nutcracker and then you've got mary poppins returns we don't have that problem they've been here since disney plus launched back in march so again they're going, okay and like like over you over in the u.s you know they've been making a big deal of all the, like, the x-men we had all them. we had yeah. them um, so it's kind of a weird one. Um, Australia definitely seems to have the best lineup still, by the looks of it.
1: Yeah, well, I'll I'll just say something for some of the fans who are, who are listening, which is that you know I do love the older stuff that Walt Disney himself was involved in in the fifties and in, in the early sixties, and so I do think there are really dozens of titles that Walt mm-hmm. himself was involved in that are not there and don't seem to have any issues of, of cultural depictions, et cetera. And, it's, you funny know, and so... <laughs>
0: yeah. it's funny. You mentioned that, that exact same thing about the cultural and um, the thing they've just literally last week added this brand new, they've got a brand new committee in council where they brought in lots of different organizations of charities. And they're now putting these warnings on before movies and TV series about if there's something in it that's not maybe culturally appropriate now, or it's I'm just in bad taste now. Um, and to me the minute I saw this it was like hmm that just gives them the biggest like way of really expanding that legacy content which really I don't know if they had it was you know because I'd love to see all the like wartime footage of like the stuff and it's like yeah it's completely daft and bonkers to look back on it now but it's like I'd like it to be there I'd like and that legacy that
1: that option does give us a chance. Well, and there's a lot of titles that frankly, maybe, maybe somebody in, in some corporate suite in Disney thought that they were offensive, but you know, a title like the great locomotive chase, which deals with, you know, and that's of course the American civil war and it deals with uh, a union army regiment that's going in to, to, to do an operation against the Confederacy and, and blow up their supply lines, etc. It's a fascinating story. It's a very really well done drama, maybe because it touches on war, you know, they just thought, okay, this is too controversial. We don't want to touch war kind of stuff. But, you know, there are a number of titles like that where it, it's it's simply, you know, uh, a great story of heroism that, that is, uh, you know, that is being portrayed and that Walt really put his heart and soul into. I mean, the, the Midwest premiere of that film was held in, in his hometown of Marceline, Missouri. And so it's like, you know, it's kind of a very core thing uh, to, to some of the older Disney fans
0: yeah I'm, I'm really thinking like with having the council of I think it's like over a dozen different charities and stuff involved I think that will really help and be, be much more um clarity and they can look you know they're looking at it from different angles and from different things and they that's right I mean I am completely on it you know that they that is death that is such the right move but also not removing it you know the disney has this folk content and they need and i do think that that option will help with especially with maybe the like the the 30s 40s and 50s stuff and some of the stuff in the 60s because probably most you know even just down to smoking and just some, maybe some of the language used um would just wouldn't fly now and therefore they've got a you know that extra level of sort of warning i mean it's that thing of it. Everyone's got different opinions of whether or not it should be there or not. But ultimately, it, right now, Disney are kind of covering themselves with this new council to kind of offer that. And I do think it's a I think it's a good idea. I think it's a, a way of providing content and stuff. You know, there are going to be some titles which Disney are just not going to want to go near with a barge pole. And I understand that. And I get it from a business point of view and I get it from a PR point of view. And it's just along the lines of, yeah, it's just some titles are just not really possible to kind of bring out.
1: Yeah, and, uh, but I think it's probably in the realm of 5% of, the, of mm. these titles. It's not, you know, uh, the bulk of them for people to understand. You actually jump to the issue of streaming contracts, which is an important issue, uh, kind of number four there. So let's, let's dive into that a little bit more because, you know, people say, okay, that's the biggest reason, of course, why all these aren't there. And if you look at this list of 600 titles that are missing on Disney+, Plus about 20% of them maybe are on another streaming service. And so HBO is one of the biggest, not only is there a contract between uh, HBO and 20th century that is causing all kinds of issues like the Ford and Ferrari yeah. issue where we can't get it in the US, but also uh, there's a contract between Disney and HBO. And that's, yeah. that was, I think, dating back to 2010. Um, and so that's another reason why it's titles like Jungle Book and, and Pacifier and certain other ones are not there and so you know and then there's also well, cinematic... they, yeah go ahead they, I, was, I was just gonna jump in because J- jungle book did actually jump forward a year
0: there had seemed to be a deal that was done and the load of movies that were supposed to be coming next year there was a reshuffle of dates and the jungle book pushed forward nearly a whole year so they've been doing stuff and whether or not they could they will f- try and get out but that in some ways covid has kind of given them a perfect way of like especially with that HBO, with the 20th century studios movies, they've kind of essentially got like a six months to a year whipped out of that contract without them actually having to do very much.
1: Yeah. I, well, you bring up their um, mm-hmm. jungle book, John Favreau's more recent yeah. live action version there. I was referring to the 1994, right. it's, an, it's another live action and yeah. it's a great film. It's got Carrie L's, it's got a great cast of actors and a lot of people consider it one of the better remakes um, you know, but it's, uh, it's also kind of lost at this point. It's on HBO Max. So, um, you know, I think part of the issue too is that it's not just those existing contracts with HBO and with Cinemax and with Stars, but Disney has actually been initiating new contracts with rival services in the midst of still saying that Disney Plus is their priority. And that's, that's a real issue. No one's really talking about that. I mean, you know, there was the issue of ABC shows such as Malcolm in the Middle going to IMDb TV, you know, that free service. Um, there are some other aspects, uh, you know, it, titles with very broad appeal. They've been pushing to other services. So right now, Real Steel is on Netflix. It's, it's, it was actually a top 10 title, mm. um, you know, here recently. Uh, great show. It's a great uh, film with Hugh Jackman in it. It's a family film. It's a natural mm. fit for Disney Plus. Uh, Lincoln. It's funny
0: because that one was on Disney Life. I'm just going to have a look, to see if it's on the UK version because oh. I do remember seeing that one come up. But also, um, for example, like over here with the contracts, it's the same thing because um, like Stars has got access to, yes, yeah, not on over here. It was on, hmm. so they, it got removed. Um, like High Fidelity and a lot of the a lot of the Hulu stuff has been sort of jumping around between a sort of Amazon stars and bbc and i think it's because until they got star and star they're just making some money and i think that's where especially around with some of their stuff right now they're wanting to i'm just going to get the sun up on some uh um they want to make money because ultimately they need money coming in and i think they are they probably looked at at malcolm in the middle they got offered so much money for some content they've given it to them It might not even be an exclusive deal. They might be holding it's. It's always this kind of thing of they're ultimately looking for money while they want everything on there. I think things might change following last week's announcement that streaming is now the major core thing. I think you know we are probably going to see contracts purchased and brought out, but also maybe that's just not going to happen so much in the future now that they've made it their priority.
1: Yeah, I hope that's the case because I'll just say even even last month here in the U.S. Lincoln. Great film by Steven Spielberg, amazing political drama. Moved to Amazon Prime. You know that's a film that Disney could put out on Disney Plus. The Man from Snowy River, a 20th Century title that is very popular, has Kirk Douglas. Um, you know went to Hallmark and their streaming service. So uh, you know other contracts are a problem. People are right about that issue, but you know uh, you know no question of that. But they're also initiating new ones. So let's be aware of that. And also, 80% of this list is is not released for reasons unknown. You know, these they're not on any service, you know, and so, and they've been given no release date. And so it's not like we expect everything to come on yesterday, but hey, you know, can you turn it yeah. out for the next five years? I do have some ideas of why some of this stuff might not necessarily be available. Some of it could
0: be down to quality. You know, are the prints, you know, are they of good enough quality for HD? That um, they have to do some work on them? Are the, you know, do they have them... You know, have they then got to add for example subtitles and audio descriptions and also then add dubbing and things like that which ultimately could all cost extra money to do and they've got to allocate it. COVID as well has probably no doubt as well had an issue where maybe they had planned to do some stuff over the last six months and they haven't been able to get all of that together because the teams haven't been able to where you know there's this kind of argument there's lots of reasons what it could be and I wouldn't necessarily expect them to come out and be open about what it was but I think it's important that people realize that there's more than just one issue. There could be 25 different reasons of different things. Another issue could be, I don't know, of like money, because some of those older shows, they, they maybe didn't have streaming rights or you know, they didn't have it included or resale being able to watch it again. And therefore the actors want more money and whether or not they think it's worth it. You know, there's lots of old contracts like that of, where they make money on the reruns and all the rest of it. And especially with TV series and they've got to sort all that out and whether or not they think it's financially work, you know, these are things that are so complicated that, um, you know, there's not like we're going to have a single list with every single reasonable, this
1: isn't on there because of that. It's true. And that's a fair point. And I think, uh, you know, I think that there's an emphasis on the list on Disney films that Disney produced, mm-hmm. because we know that they have the full rights to those, you know, yeah. so that's, that's why we're, we're we try to lean on those because if they if they filmed them, they released them in theaters, etc, they have all those rights. We don't you know, you're right, the TV shows can be more complicated. But, uh, you know, there's still some some a lot of mystery um, about this. Maybe also it was, just, I was just yeah. gonna
0: say as well, there's also sometimes some dis- differences internationally. For example, like the Princess Bride was distributed by 20th Century Studios in the US, but internationally it was by another com- another company. Titanic for me is a Fox movie. Terminate the latest Terminator movie is a Disney is a Fox movie, so therefore, mm-hmm. but in the US, these are held by different ones. The BFG um, is available in the U S because there was a DreamWorks deal, but here in the UK, no, it's not on there. It's not part of the deal. So there are some, also some international deals of things that kind of kick in
1: as well. Yep. Well, um, I think you've made, you made some great points for sure. Uh, Let me just mention again that, you know, uh, some stats regarding what is missing, because I think people are not always aware, you know, um, because they think, okay, you know, going to, to number three here, but why all this focus on what hasn't released? You know, you know, Disney does put new things out every Friday. That's true. But if you look at the bulk of them, you and I have been tracking this really closely. We're, we watch this stuff every, every week as it comes out. Most of that is National Geographic stuff and occasionally a Disney Channel thing that comes out. When you look at legacy stuff, especially yeah. stuff that, come, that, that was before 2000, um, you know, it's, it's not, uh, you know, the core Disney brand stuff. I mean, uh, there's only been, this is a really interesting stat. One, if you look at Disney theatrical releases, uh, you know, all those that have been put out, there's only been one prior to 1990 that has been put on the service, and that's the Moonspinners. You know, so they haven't added even one theatrical Disney film, you know, since launch on November 12th of last year to this yeah. service. Um, if, you, if you look at pre-1990. So that's, you know, to people who care about the legacy of the, con- of the company, you know, that's, it really kind of feels like a slap in the face.
0: Well, there's kind of like a couple of different things in there. So first off, let's talk about the the, like the older content, which I don't know what's... I, it does seem very strange. They don't seem to be focusing on, on that bit. Um, I know we get a lot of comments and stuff with people talking about how stuff that they grew up is not on there. But again, it's, a, it's, it's almost like Disney have worked out that they're not the d- demographic and therefore they're not going after them. They're going after sort of 20, 30-somethings and they're like memories and what they watched rather than going after like 50 60 70 year of or what they were and i think that's i do think there's an element of they um streamlined and there might be those other issues i've said earlier but i suspect we are going to start seeing this stuff rolling out and suddenly there might just be like okay you're in charge of this the pr- project start rolling rolling through and releasing stuff um and I think especially when you start getting into the 20th Century Studios things, of there's so many black and white movies, so many stuff from the early days, which could really bulk out what they're, what they're offering. And it depends on how they, you know, if they roll them out, you know, week to week or another way is for like, you know, maybe they're holding stuff back so they can kind of go, oh yeah, by the way, we're putting the price up, uh, you know, a couple of dollars, but here's suddenly now
1: um, an extra 200 titles or something like that. I don't know. It, it's definitely yeah. strange. I'm, I'm all in for that if that's what they wanna do. So, and I, I'll just say, I think that what you've raised there um, is, is an important point regarding why fans should speak up. They should certainly put the request into the app, but they should also, you know, share things like this, you know, where we we're openly discussing some of the missing titles and the legacy issues that Disney has because, you know, uh, Disney is a company that responds to feedback. You know, the reason they have, of course, the world's most acclaimed cruise line and the world's most, you know, acclaimed theme parks, uh, with both of which of course have been in trouble this year, but uh, the reason they have that is because they responded to fan feedback. And so they heard, they heard from fans. They were critical fans sometimes. And, you know, they, they, they made changes. And so in this case, you know, if this is really these titles that people demand and care about, then they should mention them on the forums. They should mention them, you know, in the app requests, certainly. And, uh, you know, Disney's going to be able to respond to that and realize, OK, there is actually demand for this. So um, I think that feedback loop, we shouldn't be kind of having this thumper policy, you know, of like, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. I, you get that sometimes and people who are just, you know, oh, we can't say anything against Disney. Like, oh, we, hey, we appreciate the service, but there are some real issues here. Yeah,
0: I think there's a thing as well. of like, well, I would, you know, there's a difference between constructive criticism and it's you know, like here now of like, we're talking about it, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're not, it's, it's not a case of being upset with anyone or demanding anything like that. We're just, it's a, just a, a conversation about it. one. You know, if a new movie doesn't arrive on there for two years because they've got a rollout plan, I'm fine with that. I've I and I think that's where we've got to look into of you know, have they got a, a role have they just got a list of movies and TV series and they've already like pre-planned when everything's dropping and they're just stretching it out. Um and COVID has hit that. But there is um just the thing is I think for me and I'm hoping we get this addressed going forward is the speed of which the stuff that's arriving on National Geographic and Disney Channel arrives on Disney Plus. I'd like that speeded speed it up, but that's more the current content. But National Geographic has got a long, long, long line of history, but a lot of it is, is it scientifically correct anymore? That's another issue. Again, is it up to the quality standards of what they want? Um, I don't know. Disney Channel is one of those strange things as well. I think the majority of their stuff has been on there but there's a lot of tv shows and i'll be honest we do get asked um probably daily about some of the ones you know where's every time i put up a new video or a new blog post it's like where's dog in the blog where's you know house of villains where's wander over yonder there's a load of tv series that kids grew up on that they haven't got access to that um again we don't know why and especially last year because when they first launched the disney plus help was like replying to people going yes it's coming yes it's coming yes it's coming and here we are nearly a year later and we still haven't got them and because people are going well you said it was coming He's like yeah but they did they did. <laughs> it wasn't it, i didn't say it was like they'd said it and i didn't really expect it to come to t- t- take as long as it did Hmm.
1: very true very well said. Yeah.
0: um but yeah it's it's all very kind of i think a thing of really of what's of we're just gonna keep an eye on it and just just you know and also as well i mean i mean i do see just a lot of where people will then comment on posts so you know here's a picture of the new mickey mouse series and then a lot of people going where's this where's this where's this where's this where's this this?" and then like i sometimes go well are they they're probably not even seeing this stuff because there's so many comments and so on but you know every single time something goes up of like here's what's coming in november there'll be a lot of people asking for everything that wasn't announced um, I personally wish they would get more. I would love to, I'd love that to be like a kind of a system of like you know, there is going to be at least one movie a week. You know yeah. you know, there's, there's, there's got to be right. there's got to be um, a few you know even with the 20th century studio stuff with they've probably got they've probably sat on a back catalogue of 500 plus movies you know just there they're not all going to be great ones I'll be honest um, you know this week in Canada they're getting Mr. Popper's Penguins mm-hmm. Um you know, something like that, you know, that would be that, you know, obviously, again, it comes down to streaming rights or um, just giving us at least one movie a year, a week or or even like with maybe with the older stuff, you give us two, you know, if it's something from the 1940s or 1950s, I can see why it's not necessarily a,
1: it's not going to bring subscribers in. And that's, that is a key issue as well, which I do want to get into. It is, it is. It's a very key issue. I think that you're, you're bringing up some great points. Um, I think that, you know, if, if it was a, a movie a week and if it was a, a binge worthy TV show every month which they have a great catalog of those that would really even that kind of pace would, would help it because we we kind of saw basically a pace of a few of these a month and then in August it just kind of you know fizzled out in terms of stuff from the 50s and 60s that they were putting out in terms of the legacy titles so you know if those of us who are tracking it we're kind of like okay where, where did uh all, all of a sudden any focus on uh, you know what the set the t- titles that we care about um you know, actually there so yeah, I, I,
0: I still think there's some issues with COVID. I still think there is some probably some logistical stuff of maybe them not being able to be able to get into the, you know, and, you know, essentially, I mean, California is still under, um, you know, work cut from home and, you know, they're not in the offices. They're not in the, so that is probably having a massive impact on what is available and why everything, see, again, why everything is slowing down as we're
1: moving along. That's a good point. Well, we're we're kind of coming to the last few questions here in yep. terms of what we have on the list. Um,
0: so, what's your little, on the next question here? So, um, so we go. Does anyone in the media or among a shows creators really care about what's missing on Disney Plus? Um, yeah, I was going to say it seems definitely definitely seems to be more so with the the Disney Channel creators. The, they, they seem to be much more. Um, like shouting for their stuff to be available yeah um they they're much more i've seen that a lot more um national geographic is very different and it's just weird with national geographic because you you have these movies come out and they you know the amount of times they'll announce something a brand new documentary and going, is it coming oh we don't know yet it's like yeah you guys still haven't organized all this yet have you (laughs) it's just like rebuilding paradise going well why is this not day and date you know why is that you know you're not really utilizing it hopefully that will change but I do think the, National, the disney channel creators of the shows that aren't on
1: there are a little bit more active yeah I think you're right the like for instance ducktales the creators of those guys, they've been very active in getting that for instance fixed and the order of it and all that which is which was tremendous to see you know it got into the correct order which it, it wasn't and was still, that's still a big issue none of itself but Something that's encouraged me on this front about does anybody in the media or other show creators care about what's missing? We actually have seen some other people raise their voices on this. So there've been some major stories that have been put out in other, other uh, you know, outlets. So, uh, one, so Variety put out a major story about the show Once and Again, which is a show from the early 2000s. A very fascinating conversation where this writer, a senior editor over there went through several channels and tried to figure out why is this not available on streaming anywhere? This is an ABC show. You know, it stars some really, you know, popular actors who have now gone on to big things. Can't we get this on, you know? And so, you know, that's, that's one example of that. You had a show called, or rather a film called Cocoon, that's a Ron Howard yeah. film from the early 80s. There was an yeah. actor, Will Wilfred yeah. uh, Brumley, who passed away, um, and he was a major part of that film. People, you know, were, Ron Howard himself was sharing the clip from that film. And saying this is a, an amazing family film and it's not available anywhere, not even for sale on Amazon. And they, you know, the writer who literally went through eight or 10 contacts connected to the film to try to figure out why this is not streaming anywhere he ultimately landed on somebody who in the set "Hey, well, there's a music issue for one of the songs that's in it. And ah. that's why, you know, right now it's not anywhere. So there's a little bit of, of understanding of that, but you know, there are, these are, you know, and then of course uh, Brandy, uh, the actress, Brandy Norwood who starred in the, you know, Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella for, for ABC and Disney back in the nineties, she was asked at a, at a recent event, you know, hey, where's uh, you know, why why isn't, uh, you know, Cinderella, uh, you know, with Whitney Houston and you on Disney plus yet. And she's like, I don't know. I'd love for it to be there. And so it's great to see, you know, people raise that question, not just us, but actually, you know, other media uh, people raising this up. Yeah. I definitely think like music seems to be
0: one of the core issues. Um, um, The trouble is again, is it's like, how long was the license for? have they got to pay for it? Is it easy to edit out? I mean, you know, the trouble is people are very much like um, you've changed the music and all that. Well, you know, i'm for example like in in wrestling we get that a lot we used to get that a lot with some of the older stuff where the license so they'd something like dub over a completely different entrance music and it, we're just getting more and more used to it i mean literally and i'm not kidding i put up a video today on facebook just on the things of my dog and i had the radio on and it got flagged as it had music in you know and that's just me just putting up a 20 second clip of my dog in the garden and it got flagged for the for music because of the of the radio and the, I mean that's just something basic so let alone maybe you know maybe the, like you say this if they don't own the rights to that music or you know it's very, such a complicated
1: issue of why things might not be there it is, but I think it, it can be solved. In the, so yeah. here in the U.S., uh, the service Peacock that uh, NBC and Universal have put out, you know, very, it's, it's just kind of exploded, actually. It's mm-hmm. been a massive, massive hit. It's, I think, in the realm of now, 30 million plus. It's a free service. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's very quickly, uh, you know, catapulted among the different streaming services. But uh, they actually have recently, just in the last couple of weeks, put out every single Saturday Night Live episode that's ever existed yeah. on that. And what they did was they, they ended up cutting music from several episodes I think even you know maybe even the majority of episodes they had to cut one song at least from it because they're like it would be too expensive for us to get the rights etc I think you know that would be gold for fans of the Muppet Mm -hmm. show if they had to take out a song or two from it from from certain episodes and say okay we're going to put it out even though we have to take stuff out fans would be enthralled about that so you know Disney just needs to think a little bit creatively and outside the box maybe if if the music rights is what's causing them
0: I mean, you can only even look at the last year, I and mean, we we had the Disney summer sing along, we had the winter Christmas sing along thing in front of the castle, and we've also had the Taylor Swift concert. All of them were gone really quick. They weren't on there very long, you know, very short. Um, so music definitely seems to be something that sh- isn't unless it's like a movie where they like I think like the the Coco celebration. I can't. I think that's safe, but. You're definitely music does seem to be an issue for, of why and
1: again they've got to get that balance right of what they're doing with it. I'll mention one more thing about concerning music but also about show creators the stars and the producers of the show Gallivant have really gotten uh, you know, on social media in a big way to say, Disney Plus, why isn't this here? It's, it's gone off of, uh, of Hulu. You know, is this going to release? I think they actually might be, be uh, prepping that to, put, to maybe put yeah. out on uh, Investor's Day. That could be one of them. I mean, these are Alan Minken songs. Yeah. You know, they own this stuff. But uh, you know, it is interesting that uh, it, it's not just us talking about the missing titles. It is a host mm-hmm. of people, including the show creators, who are saying, hey, why isn't this there? So. Yeah, so
0: we're going to move on there. So um, so with all these issues going on, we, we
1: look at it and go, has Disney Plus made progress in the last sort of six months to a year? What do you think? And and I think they have, you know? I, there were some surprises along the way here. For instance, you've mentioned the 20th Century catalog. You know, they did that Summer Movie Nights promotion here in the US, yeah. I, I think it was worldwide. But um, regardless, those with the X-Men con, uh, mm-hmm. films that came out, really a dozen or so different Fox films, including The Greatest Showman, which was a major yeah. addition right on the heels of Hamilton, really established them as kind of a destination, I think, for for movie musicals, Um, you know, and there's been other library titles that they've really learned, hey, we can create buzz with this. So uh, that you mentioned the Princess Bride, here in the US, yeah. uh, maybe it's something you can pull into this in terms of a, a clip, uh, but they did this really fun Twitter uh, video clip yeah. that they did between the two actors and and talked about, oh, this is coming on Disney Plus, Carrie Ells and, and the and the other star. And so, you know, and all I, as well, uh, Once Upon a Time, you know, by has finally come out. It was promised at launch and uh, it's finally released. And they've even said they're going to put out Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. So they're going to complete that whole franchise and have that whole thing up. Um, you know, that's a great binge show. So there, there have been certainly some improvements here. Um, there's also, of course, we know uh, Mandalorian season two, there's the right stuff now that's out. Um, you know, there's even two, two shows that are coming, we've heard, we just haven't you know, seen a date yet for them, but Dinosaurs is a legacy show that is ABC that, you know, Disney yeah. is, <laughs> that is gonna come out. I don't know if that's gonna be November or December, but we're gonna see a surprise announcement on that I'm sure soon. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. we know will ultimately be on the, the service as well uh, here in the U.S. just like it is there in the U.K. So we're waiting, you know, we, we know that there's a Netflix yeah. contract. Maybe they'll cut that contract. I think they very well might, but that those are, that's of course why those two shows aren't on the list of ten, because we know they're they're already coming. So yeah. Um yeah. like
0: agents showed we're getting season seven, because we actually didn't even get that over on TV here. They held on to it. Um so that'll be dropping in November because again, they didn't have that deal with Netflix and that's what the, the the issue is with the US. Um but I think I think there's been a lot of a lot of good step forwards. There has been some step backs, but basically, I mean, at the minute, the whole world has kind of had to take a few steps back and change, you know, very few things have, uh, and it's that kind of thing of like, you know, giving them a pass for it, but it's like, well, you have to be, you have to look at it from both sides and go, yeah, they, they, there is some logistic reasons of why some things probably have slowed down. And you can see that trickle effect seems to sort of have kind of each month to month to month as things were coming along of, how it was working out i mean the princess bride i remember they made a quite a big fuss over that coming we then had like ant farm they made a bit of a they had they did something similar for that where one of the stars kind of jumped on social media and kind of was like yay it's coming and but there hasn't really been as much of that and yeah i mean there's quite a few shows and stuff that are coming up that i would like them to come up but i i feel like we're almost in that weird bit where it's like they've got to get everyone ready for the news they're going to try and get everyone to sign up for another year in november i think everyone was expecting a bigger hit i mean they still got some more things to go yet but i think once we get i think once we get a clearer idea of what their strategy is because it feels like if the strategy from last april eight, nearly 18 months ago by the time this investor day comes around 18 months has completely. Tripl- think of what has changed in 18 months for disney plus i mean it's now like it's a huge it's
1: huge yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think, well, that leads us to our last question, which is, I, and I'm curious to ask you this, as, as even as I'll give a little bit of perspective on it, but what is your outlook for the release of Disney Legacy films and shows uh, here in the coming months? And, you know, I think that there are positive signs that they really do, that they're, they're going to make a fo- this a focus moving forward. I think you're probably right. that There have been some COVID-related reasons why we haven't seen as much of the Legacy stuff um, come out of the vault as we would like to. Um, they have their quarterly call on November 12th. We're going to maybe hear some things, probably not too much about legacy, I don't think probably at the one-year mark.
0: I I jump in there. I, to be honest, this is not only is it just the quarterly results, but it's the whole annual results. And with with the whole, well, Disney just having a dreadful year with the studios down, the theme parks closed, the the stores closed, the the theme, uh, the water uh, uh, the sorry, not just the water parks, but also the cruise line. So they will pr- probably push Disney Plus as being something that they're at least making money on, and it's been very successful. But there's gonna be a lot of pressure and a lot of bad publicity around um and I I feel in some way some of this like I think Disney Plus, while it's gonna be a push forward, they are really just gonna be in damage control mode of what how much of the parks are losing. And ultimately that's a big it's just such a big issue that I think that I'm just I'm not expecting a huge amount out of that event.
1: Yeah. Well, I think you're right. They're well, on the front of damage control, I mean that's I, I, they probably will then lead into Disney Plus in a big way and uh, talk about Mandalorian and its success, which would have come out just a few yeah. days before, you know, two weeks before, essentially, that uh, the second second season and how much buzz it's getting. Uh, that hopefully they'll have some positive things to say about right stuff because we we obviously want to see a second season. Uh, we hope that people are watching it. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think, uh, I, I see that, I see honestly the, the one year anniversary as a big opportunity uh, for fans to to raise these issues now and for media to kind of, Let's let's uh, you know make some groundwork with with some key media who are Disney people to say hey you know why haven't these legacy titles been been released I don't, don't want to continue the bad news but let's you know let's kind of uh, make raise this issue of hey you have this these incredible valuable content um, you know this this phenomenal library easily like I say eighty percent of this list of six hundred is not on the service and is not on another streaming service. So, you know, you're, you're really missing some of the value you could be adding to your service by not doing it. And I just, you know, I just, it, it's gotta be emphasized, but then, you know, December yeah. 10th will be an even bigger opportunity.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, like data that they've had over, over the past to show what's popular, what isn't, um, it did seem very noticeable that every single time they did the, that weekly release of a summer movie, they were getting, uh, that one was kind of hitting in the, in the trending and people were watching it and talking about it. I think we will see that continue to be, um, they, just the way that they reorganized all of the, cause the, the legacy content that was coming to Disney plus over the last, or in the two years after it launched, all the dates shifted. Cause at one point they were all just random weird dates of obviously when the contract was available. And that's what they were doing at the start. And then suddenly then around about, I don't know when it was at a certain point, everything shifted to a Friday and the concentration was on Fridays, but more importantly, they then started stretching them out to one a week, mm-hmm. you know, and, I, and now when I'm putting together, like, December's, or, you know, I'll be starting work soon on January one, you generally see that they've, they've reorganized them all, so they all drop weekly, and, you, and I think that's, I think it's a smart move, and I think, I think we'll still continue to get that, but we'll have a better idea, because there's a load of movies that they announced at last year's investors date, and that still haven't um, arrived yet.
1: Well, yeah, it was it was a seven, it was a list of 77. And, and there's now I think it's a list of maybe 30 or 35, you know, and so that have not released yet. So it, it is dwindling. And I would just hope that we would get another, you know, whole list then of 100 plus, you know, films that would say, Hey, we're, we're gonna put these out. Here's the dates, you know, we're gonna we're gonna stretch these out because, you know, December 10th investors day, um, you know, I think star and, and the launch of that service is causing them to look obviously very closely at the 20th century library. And I would hope that that would mean, okay, we're seeing now the value of that library, you know, the, the diehard, you know, franchise, the alien franchise, the uh, Planet of the Apes, etc., all that they've got there. Um, maybe we've missed some things in our own library and the value that it could bring to this service, you know, that they've, you know, that's why I think we, we wanted to put out the list of franchises that are missing, you know, because there are a number of them that are, you know, beloved by a lot of people. Uh, and still missing from from disney plus
0: yeah i think it's gonna be interesting how all that works um because hulu's gonna go through some massive changes in the coming years ahead once it's dealt with the comcast and it you know you're to look at it in a few years time it's gonna lose all of that nbc content and all these movies that are dropping on and dropping off hulu is essentially going to become a hub for all of this content they've got to try and sort it out um but they've got i mean i think that's in some ways it had hulu not existed it would have been a very different story but um things are moving things are getting more mature they've been some of the movies that they put on recently like *Fault in our stars and hidden uh, figures are very well, much um
1: bigger movies a lot and so a little bit more better than what they, we've been sort of seeing recently i very much agree i very much agree and i think uh you know, I think we're going to see some great news, honestly, on the, at the December 10th event. I think they'll probably say, hopefully, that the HBO contract is being bought out. Hopefully, maybe that the Netflix contract is being bought out so that they can, you know, put Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. finally on in the U.S. Um, you know, I, and but it could be, honestly, that some of the media coverage that happens around November 12th um, and that one year mark is going to determine how much maybe legacy titles play into the December 10th event. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would just encourage people to, to raise that issue if they have uh, contacts but you know to, to be you know putting the word out and I think this this poll even that we've put out you know uh you know hey putting your vote out there to say what what are these top 10 shows is, is of interest to you to see out there that's going to be an interesting thing if we get thousands and thousands of people to you know to to release that that's going to you know give yeah. give a little bit of a data point on hey there is actually demand for some of these titles yeah so
0: on that note um we are gonna like so we're gonna put up some polls and stuff on our social media we'll be doing some we're always constantly kind of keeping up with what's missing and kind of adjusting our big list, you know, um, Josh does a fantastic job of updating that pretty much every month of kind of what's been added. And unfortunately, like I said, there's just not really been much added. So some months you can kind of take a few off, but recently it's kind of slowed down, but we are keeping an eye on it. We are looking at it. We are listening to you. We get um, lots and lots of, um, notes and people come through so i did want to give a big shout out to drew on twitter he's constantly um uh, really kind of pushing on what isn't on there and sort of why isn't it and you know uh generally and stuff like that you know just go on to that help put that submit the form in and just kind of keep doing this but also you do it respectfully do it you know so um you know and then that's that's the key thing you ask politely <laughs> that's, that's, that's the key one but
1: um, again, Josh, do you want to tell everyone where they can find you? Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter at Josh M. Shep. You can certainly find me there. My work is there. I write for a number of outlets, uh, including what's on Disney Plus, which is great. So yeah. I'm a fan like everyone, but also yeah. try to, to bring uh, some journalism to what uh, to, to our work as well. So appreciate uh, what you're doing, Roger. And, you know, I think you're such a source to, to you know, uh, folks around the world. Frankly, who want to understand this service and, and how it's growing. It's like, this is the big story of, of 2020. And, and, you know, this, this site is right at the center of it. So, um, yes. Yeah. No,
0: I'll be honest. It's one of those things of like, yeah, when I work, when I, when I sit down to work at how many hours, how many hours a day I do, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, but no, I do, like I said, we do listen to what everything's going on. Um, I, I do read all of all of your comments, um, on social and YouTube and stuff. Um, and yeah, I know how I know which ones everyone's asking for, and I know a lot. I tend to get them directed to me, but I will always say to people, just you know, make sure you put in the requests through the through the little help section within the app to make sure you put in your requests for what you want to see added to Disney Plus that isn't already on there. Anyway, guys, thank you very much for joining us for this special bonus episode. Um, love to hear your thoughts on what you think's missing and what you think they could do to fix it. Love to hear your thoughts. Remember to go check us out over at what'sondisneyplus.com. Like, follow, and subscribe. And we shall see you guys in another episode. Later.